welcome to the Bears, Birds, and Brews podcast. This is a show about the Chicago Bears, the Atlanta Falcons, and craft beer. My name is Austin Wakani. My co-host is... Neville Alani. There you go. He's busy drinking his beer right now. That's why he couldn't answer that question. <laughs> and Because I didn't know the answer. You know, I don't know if you've ever heard this show before, but it's the same answer every time, apparently. You yeah, know. It's sometimes... I throw an audible every now and then. <laughs> every now and then. Omaha. Um, <laughs> actually, Brooklyn. That's that's what we should be saying. That's where I'm at right now. And uh, Nabil's in in the Ville, hanging out in the Ville. I am. Um, what, what, what are you drinking down there in the Ville, in the Ville? Drinking a, uh, a classic of the show, uh, Classic City Lager. It's there just, you go. Uh, you know, we've had it. Um, my beer fridge is running low, so I had to find the one thing that was there, and this is usually there. That's a great. That's a great choice. Yeah, I am not having any beverages right now, but I will be having beverages soon. I'm in New York. I uh, went to a sports bar or two over the weekend to watch some of these football games that we're going to talk about here in a little bit, and uh, you know, having some beers out here. I haven't been able to get the other half yet. I know that's definitely that's like. One thing that's like very high on my list to get there. I might actually go tomorrow because I'll be relatively close Snap. to there tomorrow. So yeah, so keep as always stay tuned on our Instagram at Bears Birds and Brews. I think um, we haven't forgotten the password. We just haven't been posting shit on it. <laughs> but we'll work on that for y'all. And uh, yeah, at Bears Birds and Brews at Classic City Lager, although technically at Creature Comforts, and. Um, yeah, man. It's I think if if you're a Bears fan, you probably had more than one of those on Sunday. I imagine the bill. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, I want to say four. You know, one for oh. each INT. Oh. Andy Dalton's oh. still a nice guy, but you know, those are four INTs. A couple of his fault, a couple not his fault, but it's still at the end of the day, you know, four INTs are four INTs. Do you like? Do you think you would rather see Nick Foles out there, or does it not matter at this point? That yeah, doesn't matter. I mean. Nick Foles or Andy Dalton. I don't care. I don't care which one I see. I want to see Justin Fields out there. Mm-hmm. And so you think it makes sense for Justin Fields to come back this season, despite how much of a train wreck the rest of that team is. And hundred percent. hundred percent. I mean, you just have to see him keep develop, see him keep. Now you may, you know, I don't want to see him be thrown out there the way he was thrown out there in the Cleveland game. Mm-hmm. But, you know, if you, if you set him up, how you set him up in the Steelers game, it's never success and kind of like give him rollouts, give him options to like play, you know, read defenses, run the ball more Then yeah, you know, experience is better. Him getting more experience will only help him out, you know, and, you know, at the end of the day, like you can't, it, you know, you can't just not use them, you know, that old, you know, since we're in the holiday spirit, I'm going to go ahead and say it. I'm going to use a whole, you know, an old uh, quote from a holiday movie, Home Alone Part Two, where, you know, with the scene where Kevin's talking about his rollerblades and he doesn't, you know, he's like, I got these rollerblades for Christmas last year and I didn't wear them and now I've grown out of them and mm. I just wasn't able to use them. Right. So you just have to, you know, use Justin Fields, throw them out yeah. there, let him play. Yeah. Well, like you said, getting more practice, not even more, well, more practice will help for sure, but getting more actual game speed reps against real NFL competition on Mm -hmm. a meaningful Sunday will certainly help him in his development, especially now that the pressure is a little bit lower. 
they're not playing for a playoff spot, unfortunately. Mm-hmm. They're not playing for like a top five draft pick or anything. They're just playing to see what yeah. they can carry over into next year. It looks like Jimmy Graham is coming along that tight end room. He's been hanging out. And I mean, it seemed like to be like the best thing that happened to the bears on Sunday was Jimmy Graham is like kind of had a small resurgence with Andy Dong back there. I don't know if it's just like the quarterback uh, I, veteran. I don't connection. know. I mean, I mean, J- Jimmy Graham won't be back here next year. I mean, I, I'm glad Jimmy Graham's doing okay. I'm glad he scored a touchdown. I'm glad he's a, a Walter man, Walter Payton man of the year nominee, but Jimmy Graham, like he, he's not what he used to be. He's, He's not going to be back on the Bears next year. At least I hope he won't be, knowing Ryan Pace. If Ryan Pace is back, they'll bring Jimmy Graham back just because they both hung out in New Orleans together or something. I don't know. But, you know, at this point, you know, Jimmy Graham, you know, nice guy. Again, like Andy Dolan, nice guy. Very, very good player. He's not what he – he never was what he was in New Orleans anywhere he of went. Course. Yeah. And at, at this point, you know, Jimmy Graham is Jimmy Graham. He's a great red zone threat, but that's about it. Right. And if you're not getting into the red zone very often, yeah. then that really doesn't even matter. Either. There's no use of them. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, and, you know, just, just, you know, watching that Arizona offense, you know, last, last week, it, it was really, it was really interesting seeing how far apart each of these offenses are. You see Kyler Murray throwing the ball to DeAndre Hopkins and it's just easy, you know, it was mm-hmm. just easy for them. And then you see the bears and, you know, you, couldn't move the ball unless you're running it with David Montgomery and you know that and Roquan Smith David Montgomery and Roquan Smith were probably the only bright spots last week mm-hmm. everything else like just wasn't worth it nothing yeah. was there so and that's kind of what I'm thinking is going to happen this week as well like you know we're not going to know the injury report until tomorrow which is Wednesday today's Tuesday uh, for recording purposes so we're not going to know, you know, what's going on with Justin Fields. Andy Dalton did get hurt in the game, so his left hand is hurt. So you may have a situation where we may even see Nick Foles come out next week against Green Bay, which I don't think anyone wants to see. But mm-hmm. there was, I think they were saying Justin Fields was close last week, and I would expect, especially with Andy Dalton semi-hurt, I would expect to see Justin Fields starting. I mean, I want to see what the injury report says, if he was limited, full participant, or whatnot. Um but I'm, you know, I want to see Justin Fields play this week against the Packers. I mean, we can, you know, there wasn't, there really wasn't much to say about that Cardinals game. We can move on. I mean, outside of David Montgomery and Roquan, as I said, nothing else was really there. So moving on to this week, you know, we got Sunday Night Football, Bears at Packers. You know, one of my favorite games to watch when the Bears are, you know, an average team. But you know, now they're not a good team. They're a very bad team, actually. And, you know, just starting off from the top, I got a bold prediction. If the Bears lose to the Packers this week on Sunday Night Football, Matt Nagy will be fired Monday. You know, wow. they were supposed to they were supposed to technically fire Matt Nagy, you know, day after Thanksgiving, some stuff leaked, and then they kind of delayed it. But after you, if you lose to the Packers, even it, unless it's like a very close loss, but let's say, you know, it's a 10, it's a 12, the line is 12 and a half points. So if the Packers covered that 12 and a half line, Matt Nagy is gone Monday morning. I even think as to the point if the Bears even lose, Matt Nagy's fired Monday. And, you know, regardless who's playing at quarterback, Justin, Andy, Nick, Monday morning, if the Bears lose, if the Bears come off that Sunday night football game with a loss to the Packers, Matt Nagy's gone. Yeah. 
So, and then, like you said, get a head start on this uh, head coaching interview process, which you can exactly. do a little bit earlier now this season, given how the week 17 or the 17th game has changed things up a little bit. Mm-hmm. Um, and we will talk about this when it happens, but Cole, I mean, not Cole Komet. You, got, you like the guy down in Dallas, Case Keenum? Is that? Yeah, I like Case. I mean, just some head coach candidates. I like, I like uh, Kellen Moore, not Case Keenum. Case Keenum Kellen was Moore, the. I think Case Keenum was the other quarterback at Boise State, or did Case? Yeah, I think he was the other more quarterback. At but it was Boise a State former made. quarterback. I do remember yeah. that. Yeah, 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 yeah. Uh, but Kellen Moore—that's uh, that's someone I like. I would like the Bears to get Kellen Moore. I feel like Justin Fields is very similar to Dak Prescott, and you can see what Kellen Moore has done with Dak Prescott. Um, you know, I would like Kellen Moore. Uh, the more and more I think about it, I like Ryan Day as an option. I mean, if you can mm-hmm. go get Ryan Day from Ohio State. It's a it's a coach that already knows Justin Fields. Why not get right. a guy who already knows? You know, right? Uh, so that's an option. Um, you know, I'm starting to warm up to the idea of Josh McDaniels again too. I mean, a lot of Josh McDaniels has some smudge on him. You know, the, the Denver smudge is already over, but then after he kind of screwed over the the um, the Colts yeah. by accepting the job and then saying I don't want it anymore. You know, I thought that it'd be very difficult for him to find a job outside of New England. But based off of what Bill Belichick is doing with, you know, and I, and I know um, Josh McDaniels is a huge part of what he's doing with Mac Jones. But it does, to me, it doesn't look like Bill Belichick is going to retire anytime soon, especially after that game we saw yesterday, Monday night game, where, yeah, of course, Bill Belichick didn't reinvent the, the wheel. He didn't remake football. But winning that game against, you know, the Bills, who were supposed to be the the best team in the AFC, it makes me think that, hey, Bill Belichick has found his guy in Mac Jones, and he's not going to retire anytime soon. And Josh McDaniels probably realizes, hey, Bill ain't, Bill ain't retiring. I'm not going to get a job for another 10 years. I might as well go find the right job for me. Right. So is that job in Chicago? I don't know. Maybe. Is it? Very likely. I have no idea. But, you know, maybe Bill, maybe Josh McDaniels ends up in Jacksonville with Trevor Lawrence or because Urban Meyer is going to leave. Who knows? Yeah. But I, mean, I do of... think the Bears, I do think the Bears could be a good fit for Josh McDaniels if, you know, he is, if he's actually on the market and actually wants to come back uh, as a head coach. Uh, so Ryan Day, Kel Moore, and of course, you know, I like both coaches in Tampa. Byron mm-hmm. Leftwich and Todd Bowles, either or would be a great option. So, you know, a lot of options. There's actually a, a, quite a few head coach candidates. A lot of them are former quarterbacks, but I like. But, you know, Todd Bowles being the one who's not. And I think I had a few more in my mind. You know, Brian Dabble, of course. Yeah, um, I think that's Greg the one that probably will get the most looks up front, at least if the Bills end the season as they're projected to, right, which is, yeah. late, you know, AFC Championship run, Super Bowl run potentially – um so i think yeah that's definitely something that's going to be considered i don't know if we don't we don't have to talk about college football yet i know we're going to get there in a little bit but like jim harbaugh was a name that popped up a couple yeah, times before yeah. the season and he has a stronger resume now than he did before the season started which i also think is really interesting to see what would happen there yeah even though he did sign that contract extension with michigan but any team that really wants to yeah. pull him from there to the pros can play that can pay that penalty no problem and, as we know college football contracts mean nothing as we've mm-hmm. seen coaches go from place to place so if the bears want jim harbaugh and if jim harbaugh wants the bears that to me that could definitely happen but i don't know if it will i don't know if it's 
I don't know if the timing is right, especially with Jim finally looking to get Michigan right, making mm-hmm. a playoff. I don't know if it's the right time for him to leave. But if he does decide, if he does want to leave and he does want to go to the NFL, the Bears would be an interesting place for him to go, especially because that was his team. Right. So I'd, I'd be interested to see that. Yeah. So there's a lot, a lot of potential there. And then before we get to replacing the Bears head coach, which I guess we've already done, but, um, you know, quick keys to the game for Sunday. Obviously, you got Aaron Rodgers, somebody you know, somebody mm-hmm. who has really, you talk about a thorn in the side, has really not been friendly to the Bears as a mm-hmm. fan base as a whole um, for, since his whole time in the NFL. Like, mm-hmm. what are your, I mean, do you expect this game to be any closer than the Arizona game was? Which, I mean, the score in that game was closer than the game was yeah. on Sunday. Um Honestly, like, you know, Aaron Rodgers coming off a bye week. I don't and the Bears being so banged up. I don't I don't think it's gonna be. I mean, uh, usually I'm not this I I'm I'm pessimistic towards the Bears a lot, but usually I'm not this pessimistic. I just I just don't see it. I mean Bears are probably not gonna have Allen Robinson. Uh Cole mm-hmm. Komet is hurt, but he's probably gonna play. Let's say you get Justin Fields back. The only person that I know for sure is going to be playing is David Montgomery, which, yeah, he'll probably get over – he'll get over 150 yards or something like that, and it'll be mm-hmm. fine. But you're going to have – they're going to take – they're going to stop Darnell Mooney. You're not going to have Allen Robinson. So the offense isn't going to put up that much. In terms of the defense, Eddie Jackson came back last week, but I don't think he was healthy. So there's a chance he may not play again. Mm-hmm. Uh, you have no one on defense outside of Roquan Smith at this point. Akeem Hicks hasn't been back in like I don't know how long. Right. So you know, I see AJ Dillon. Like even though Aaron Jones is the RB one for the Packers in this mm-hmm. weather that we're going to be getting this week, I feel like AJ Dillon's going to get more carries and he's just going to run over the Bears. Yeah, I mean, it seems to be his specialty is that cold weather situation. Yeah. So uh, excelled in that yeah. last year anyway. I, I would say for the Bears to try to stop the run and try to contain Aaron Rodgers, but that's not going to happen. Uh, I would say the key to the game at this point is just just try not to get embarrassed at this point. Like right. you know, it's Sunday night football, just keep me entertained for four quarters. I, I don't I don't expect to win. Just keep it closer than twelve. That's what I really want. Yeah. Okay. And then we know what happens if the Bears lose and if they win. I, I mean, I can't even imagine them winning. So. So we don't even have to talk about what happens if they win because that's probably not going to happen. Um, speaking of not winning, you know, very one day by the end of the season, what I'm going to do is I'm going to calculate the number of weeks or shows that we've done this season in which the Bears and the Falcons have both won their games of the week. Because I, I think right now, I was thinking about I think we had night. one. I think, I think I, one. one for sure two that's about it it might be like two weeks this entire season where both teams have won and then the number of weeks in which both teams have lost is is like way higher than like at least even seven. one yeah and then is way higher than even one of them winning per week um mm-hmm. this is not a loser podcast these are just some loser teams that we just happen to love <laughs> <laughs> but uh speaking of losers man the falcons you know i like I don't even know where to begin. I mean, it's Tom Brady. It's the defending champion Buccaneers. It's, oh, it's uh, not, I mean, 
I think beyond the Patriots or sorry, the Patriots beyond the Buccaneers just being, you know, a really good team. I mean, it's almost laughably bad how bad the Falcons are. Like they just oh. the Falcons cannot get anything done. What's up? Oh, I don't know if you lost me or if I lost you, but I think you Perfect. cut out for a second, so I scrambled. Okay, cool. I scrambled, and then I got, I got that was a tackle for loss right there because I totally just, you know, took our podcast back a couple yards. But I will say that <laughs> the Falcons are just not a good team, man. Even against the Bucks, who are a really good team, or like I don't want to say really good this year, they're good right now. They're probably going to be better as you know as the playoffs get closer. But uh, the Falcons just. No fight, no hustle, no talent. I think, I think, but it, you know, what's interesting about this no talent and some people pointing that out as a problem is like, well, when Kyle Pitts is good, he's really good. When mm-hmm. Russell Gage is good, he's not bad. I mean, he had a good game on Sunday despite them losing. Yeah, he had like game. 130 yards or something. Like, yeah. he had a really good game. When AJ Terrell is good, he's very good. When Deion Jones and Foya Lewicon are good, they're pretty good when Grady Jarrett is good he's pretty good the times that we've seen Dante Fowler be good this year he's been good it albeit for like six plays total or this entire season but so I hate to say that the Falcons have a talent problem because again when when their talent plays up to their potential they're a good team they just cannot get it together they're not in sync offensively defensively maybe one time the defense would do something right then the offense would screw it up one day the offense would do something right then the defense will screw it up they just cannot play a complete game and they're not even fun to watch anymore like i i almost am watching them because i have to for the show now is kind of how i feel <laughs> i mean i still love them they're still my favorite team of all time but like they're just not good and what's crazy is they're so up and down week to week. They just got manhandled by the Buccaneers. You know, you look forward to this Sunday, and they have a game that they might win, which will keep them in the hunt graphic, which is great. Who doesn't love that in the hunt graphic, right? Yeah, I mean, especially when your team is in it, you're like, oh, wow, this could really happen. And for the Falcons' sake, I'm like, "Do do I want this to happen? But it's like, why not? But then also, also like, why, why? Well, it's just not. Again, it's just not meant to happen. And some sometimes when you watch them play, it just doesn't seem like they're a playoff team, even if they qualify to be a playoff team. So I don't know what's going to happen with the Buccaneers. My New Year's resolution for this year did not come true. I'm sure you were probably keeping tabs on that in the bill, which for those of you who do not remember this episode last year, I said my New Year's resolution is for Matt Ryan to finally beat Tom Brady at least once. So it hasn't happened. So it hasn't been Bill Belichick. Maybe we'll try again next year. I don't know what's going to happen. Is it all his fault? No, he's the most hit, uh, pressured, sack quarterback in the NFL. Uh, I think they said, like, the Falcons have the worst offensive line in the league. But, I mean, how do you have three to four top draft picks on that team and you still just can't get it together? Like, I don't understand what's going on. And clearly, you know, Cordell Patterson can't save you because – I don't know where he was on Sunday, but it didn't matter what he was doing because the Falcons had no chance. I mean, the only reason that game was even remotely as close as it was because Tom Brady made a, a throw pick six, which yeah, that's like the that one thing. He, yeah. It, it, I bet if you look at all the times Tom Brady is throwing pick six, I've only seen him do it three times in my entire life. 
at least in recent memory. Once against Robert Alford in the Super Bowl, once against the Patriots or against the Titans in the playoff game, like in his last year in New England in garbage time at the very end of the game. And then yesterday against against the Falcons. It's like the one thing he is good at is throwing pick sixes to our defense. But other than that, they there's no answer for this guy. And I don't know who the who the Panthers quarterback is gonna be on Sunday. They don't yeah, even don't have an offensive coordinator right now. I mean, like, there's no reason for the Falcons to lose this game on Sunday, even, even as bad as they are, right? I mean, like, this exactly. is just one of the, yeah. This should be a little bit of like, I don't want to call it a layup, but this should be a Falcons get right game. Right. And, and what's crazy about this game is this is the second game against Carolina, and they've already beaten you once this season. Correct me if I'm wrong, but the, didn't the Panthers beat the Falcons earlier this year, even though Sam Darnold got taken out the game? I don't recall, but you might. Let me. I'll check for you. I, yeah, if you want to check that real fast, because what I'll say to that is, I mean, for this game, Carolina has no offensive coordinator. They don't have Christian McCaffrey again. They don't have Sam Darnold. They might have Cam Newton, but that shoulder surgery, I think, is safe to say, ended effectively ended Cam Newton's QB one career. And there's no reason for the Falcons to not win this game, even though they're not a good team right now. And um, Panthers did beat the Falcons 19-13. Right. And and with that game, too, there was a lot of sacks, right? So it's not even like the Falcons in that game had an answer and they just lost a close game in a shootout. And some plays didn't go their way. I mean, I'm pretty sure the Panthers defense had four or five sacks on Matt Ryan that game. That's the game where – his hand got stepped on and he got bloodied up. That was the game um, when they played Carolina the first time. So now you have to go back and say, okay, how can we prevent that game plan from being executed for Carolina again the second time? Well, you better hope that the offensive line gets it together. You better hope that Cordell Patterson and Mike Davis can figure out how to be efficient ball carriers. You better hope that Russell Gage is – able to play up to wide receiver one abilities again so that Kyle Pitts can also play up to wide receiver two tight end one capabilities as necessary. And then they have no offense. So like the defense really has no excuse to give up third and long fourth and short, you know, give up long drives, anything like that. I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens between these two teams. It's a division matchup. It's a huge game for the Falcons if they win it could, it will effectively keep their season alive. But, I mean, asking the Falcons to win a game against one of the worst teams in the NFL when they are one of the worst teams in the NFL is asking a lot of them. However, if the Falcons do win, you know, they'll stay in the hunt. So, I mean, it's not a must-win situation for Atlanta, but if you want to at least, you know, keep your hopes alive and, and make people in the locker room happy, make the fans happy, I don't think you have any excuse to lose this game whatsoever. I don't think you can um, because somebody is going to have to go if that happens. So we'll see. We'll see what happens um, for Atlanta right now. It's just like, I think if Atlanta loses this game on Sunday, you pretty much have to commit to a full on rebuild. I don't think that you can save it. Sorry, sorry about that. I don't think it'd be a. I don't know why it went on the mute randomly, 
Um, but yeah, the Bills actually um, been talking for the last two and a half minutes, but he was on mute. That didn't stop him. So, but I figured <laughs> I'd let him speak now, so I didn't ramble. Looked like you were scrambling, like your mics weren't working in the middle of the play call. Oh um, man. But, but yeah, um, I don't know if it'd be a full-on rebuild because, uh, unfortunately, for the Falcons, they can't do a full-on rebuild. You can't get rid of Matt Ryan next year. So, you know, at this point, I, w- I want to call it a full-on rebuild. I will say that it's going to be a lot of question marks. Right. Cordell Patterson has been your best player on the team this season. But, again, like, this is his first season doing this in forever. I don't think you're going to give him a big contract, but – You'll most likely bring him back. Uh, Mike Davis is probably gone. The O-line needs reshuffling. You're going to need to figure out the wide receiver position. Are you guys going to try to bring back Calvin Ridley? Is it going to be a situation where you kind of trade Calvin Ridley and see if he can find a better situation for himself? Because he was due a big contract, but he's not going to get one now. And it's it's at the point where, yeah. like, you know, even if – He's like, hey, I want to come back to Atlanta. Will Atlanta want to give him that big of a contract based off of him? You know, and, and you know, I understand his mental health and everything, but at the same time, do you feel comfortable enough to commit a, a huge contract in a wide receiver one money towards him at this point? Right. Um, well, and I think that's what I mean by rebuild is like, obviously, Matt Ryan is saying we know that he's going to be here for the next like year or two for sure, um, probably three, whatever it takes to finally get that money off the books he'll be here but do you do you go into fire sale mode and you say okay what can we get for this guy what can we get for this guy how do we move these pieces around and see who's going to work who's going to be cut like i think you said a lot of reshuffling has to happen if they lose this game on sunday i do think i from what i recall The Bills doing his research. He's doing his calculations right now, and we'll see what happens. There you go. Yeah, yeah. I see. Uh, from what from what I recall, Grady Jarrett uh, is a free agent after this year, I believe. So that could be a huge difference, especially with how you want to go on the defense going forward. Mm-hmm. Um, is it going to be a four three? Are you going to maybe move to a three four? I don't even know if you guys are. I think you guys are hybrid right now, right? You guys do three yes. four and four three right now. Sounds about right. Yeah. So, I don't know. Grady Jarrett is a big key to that. He is your best defensive player. Um, well, AJ Terrell might be your best defensive player now, but, you know, Grady Jarrett was the anchor of that defense, and it may may have to be reshuffling. Is Deion Jones still going to be your, you know, main linebacker? Are you going to maybe move on for him? So, there's a lot of things you have to look into, exactly. and a lot of things to evaluate for next year and the seasons going forward. Yeah, and, and again, it's like if the Falcons win – then those questions can be put to bed. But if they don't win, I think you really have to go ahead and start looking into next season, um, especially when you know the salary cap is going to increase. And, like, the Falcons are going to be very fortunate because they are going to have more salary cap money to play with uh, in the offseason you know, now than they were anticipating before. So it maybe allows you to be a little bit more either aggressive and or take a little bit more risk in the offseason or – to, to, to get ahead by saying, okay, let's get rid of this piece. Let's get rid of this piece. Let's get rid of this piece. And so 28 million uh, of cap space in the off season. Now you might have like 33 million or something like that. And you can do a little bit more with less. So I think uh, it's a very, I think this is a true fork in the road 
for the Atlanta Falcons this season. You win, you're playing meaningful football for the rest of the year. Probably if you don't win, you know, start looking at somebody to take over your, your lease because that might be happening for you um, real soon. So we'll see what happens there. I, uh, I I want the Falcons to win. It'd be great to get a division win on the road. And, you know, one thing Falcons fans can be uh, positive about is this team somehow finds a way to win more on the road than they do at home. So, like, that will at least work in their favor, you know, this coming weekend. Um, speaking of teams not winning at home, UGA lost to Alabama again at Mercedes-Benz Stadium again. And uh, – Nabil, what do you what do you think about the like? We, and we talked about it. We didn't expect a blowout, but I was very very weary of this game strictly because of who was who is the coach for Alabama, mm-hmm. and I, I mean I just I didn't feel easy about this game at all. And before the game started, and that morning I felt the same way. I still felt uneasy, and that's when I knew like, oh, okay, this might happen. Because there are some days you feel uneasy about a game, and right before kickoff mm-hmm. you feel fine, and of course it ends up fine. But when I knew it, like, 2.30, 3 o'clock in the, on Saturday, like, ah, this game still doesn't give me a good feeling, I, you kind of knew what was about to happen. Sure enough, they, they the roll tide rolled the dogs. Easy. Yeah, I mean, it was weird because in this situation, Goliath was David and David was Goliath, but still Goliath won, mm-hmm. if that makes sense. Because yeah. Bama was playing David, not Goliath, and UGA was Goliath this year, not David. But still, you, Bama won. So it, it's great. Like, no one saw this coming. I mean, some people did, but like, no one expected this to be like the way it ended. I thought it would be closer than what it was, but it, it was just, a, you know, UGA. I don't know what happened. Um, Nick Saban, Nick Saban. And I'm going to well, take one of your sayings and I'm going to turn it back the other way. Nick yeah. Saban's going to Nick Saban. Yeah, I mean, although, you know, my saying does apply, but instead of if we say Atlanta, if we say Georgia, Georgia going to Georgia, because the irony... No. See, I, yeah, go for I it. I wouldn't say because because I feel like Nick... I feel like Kirby Smart still had a... UGA was... Had the lead. UGA was playing well, but Alabama, Alabama, their way into the, into the win. Alabama, mm-hmm. Alabama, their way to the victory. So I'm going to say Nick Saban going to Nick Saban. That's fair. That's fair. I mean, I would think, you know, I, but I think most Georgia fans, whether it's against Nick Saban or it's just Georgia itself, like, oh, big game for the dogs. Let's go out there and, and underwhelm and show the entire country that oh, we're still the same dogs as we've always been. You know, it doesn't matter who's coaching on the other side. Like, we're just not going to win these big games when it really counts. But the irony of this situation is that Kirby could have pulled the Saban and and put in a different quarterback at halftime. And I think, it, you know, or when the game started to get a little bit out of hand, then they got really the out of is, hand. He still didn't make the quarterback change. And so, you know, I, I think as a Georgia fans have so to wonder, though, like, who's going to start against Michigan? So what I'll say is this. It was a calculated move because I'm pretty sure UGA is expecting to beat Michigan and make it to the finals. And Bama is expected to beat Cincinnati and make it to the finals. And then the quarterback 
move comes into play then for UGA? Does UGA start <laughs> JT Daniels? Does UGA make the move? What does UGA do? That's going to be in a championship game. Because I believe UGA can beat Michigan regardless of the quarterback. That's that's interesting you say that because I'm not so confident in that game as I would have been had Georgia just won on Saturday. And the reason for that is a lot of it has to do with the quarterback play. We know Georgia's defense is good, although they did not play well on Saturday. And then quarterback-wise, I mean – you know their weak their weak spot their weak spot going into the game on Saturday was their offense really doesn't score a lot of points. They don't have Mechie, they don't have Jamison Williams mm-hmm. or whoever that receiver is. I mean they have George Pickens, but they barely have a guy who can throw him the ball. And Stetson Bennett, has, his reputation is game manager. That's where it's been all season. Bennett manages the game. The defense will shut him down, and the dogs will win. When you actually have to perform and you have to have a big game and your defense also has to have big games and you have to help them out offensively, no turnovers, long drives, points to play with. When all of that stuff comes together like it will for playoff games and championship games, uh, I mean, it's, it's really hard to put your faith into a game manager. And so, I mean, you're right in that Georgia didn't need to show all of its cards in Saturday's game because another element of Saturday's SEC championship was Alabama had to win to keep their playoff hopes alive. If they lost their season would have been mm-hmm. pretty much done. They would not have Georgia had Georgia did. Yeah. yeah. Uh, oh, and so, so yeah. that, you know, I think the, what better coach would you want to have in a must going into a must win situation than Nick Saban. Right. I think everybody can agree with that at any level, but in terms of now that, now that it's done, you know, we might see JT Daniels and then Kirby can pull a Nick Saban and do the quarterback switch. It's just, if you get through the, the first game with Stetson Bennett and he wins against Michigan and he gets you to the championship, you know, is Kirby going to be able and willing to make the switch at quarterback? If he has to, he will, but he almost, again, you could argue he almost had to do it on Saturday because while Georgia didn't have to win that game for playoff purposes, I think the fan base knew they have to win that game because you don't want to say that you, yeah. you can't beat Alabama, right? Like there is – you have to beat them at you, some point. You don't want to keep – you don't want Alabama stay alive. Right, right. Yeah. And now – and if yeah. somehow Cincinnati um, does beat Alabama, if somehow Cincinnati does beat Alabama – and then as Georgia beats Michigan and then plays Cincinnati for the championship who they barely beat last year in the bowl game, then they'll be like, oh, the dogs are 13-1 and one on the season, but that one loss to Alabama is the only thing that people are really going to take away from that and say Kirby still can't do it. The dogs still can't beat the top guy. So we'll see what happens. Um, I, you know, Stetson Bennett worries me. Hey, I don't, I don't think know. Michigan I, is I mean, easy. So first of all, I don't think Cincinnati will beat Alabama. No, definitely not. But I'm just hypothetically speaking, if they did, you know. Uh oh. Cincinnati disappeared again. And if UGA are a champion, I don't think he's that big of a deal. A champion's a champion, right? Yeah, yeah. But champion's a champion. If UGA beats Cincinnati in the finals, champion's a champion. Oh, for sure. For sure. But I think think 99% Uh, of UGA fans. Want to be oh, Alabama? These are too much on this episode. Let's, say, let's just wrap it up real quick. Uh, awesome. Want to do prediction? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, Falcons at Panthers, Carolina minus three. 
I mean, I'm gonna take I'm gonna take the Falcons here at twenty one seventeen. Okay. What was the line again? Falcons you got Falcons twenty one seventeen. What was the yeah, line? Yeah, Carolina again? minus three is the line. Carolina minus three. Carolina minus three. I'm also gonna take the Falcons. I'm gonna take the Falcons thirty to twenty four. Okay. Um that, that's a lot of points for either of those teams that right now don't really have much of an offense, but we'll see what happens. <laughs> uh Bears at Packers. You already talked about Packers minus 12 and a half on this. I'll go ahead and take this and I'll say I think the Packers are going to win this game pretty easily. I think it's going to be like a 31-13. Okay. Uh, I'm also going to take the Packers. Um, it's, I think it's going to be bad. Uh, 30 Still thinking? Did you, did you get that? I, I, no. I, yeah, yeah, no, no. Uh, I got, I'm taking, taking the Packers 30 to 14. Okay. And then, um, so we're just swapping one point on either side there. And then Rams and Cardinals, Monday Night Football, Arizona minus three, man. This is a great Monday night game. Uh, hopefully one of the best games mm-hmm. we see this season. Certainly set up for that. And then I've been going first on these two. So, Nibble, why don't you go first on this? Rams and Cardinals, Arizona minus three at home, Monday Night Football. I, I think uh, Matt Stafford had got his get, get right game last week, so I think there he's getting better. He has a good, he's getting a better rapport with Odell Beckham. I'm gonna take the Rams, thirty four thirty one. Man, that touchdown catch that Odell Beckham had yesterday was pretty fantastic. Um, yeah. yeah, yeah, it was. I uh, I actually like the Cardinals in this game, just because. Um, I think I think the home field will give them the advantage. I think that they have more momentum right now than LA does. Like LA beat Jacksonville. It's not like they beat the Bills or something. You know, they beat the Jaguars. So not like a mm. great win by any means. And so I think I think you'll see some of those flaws still be exposed with LA. I'm gonna take the Cardinals. Arizona beat the Bears. Right. Well, you know, but at least we know Arizona's good. I mean, they we did say they are one of the best teams in the NFL and they've shown that yeah. so far. Uh but I think this will be a close game, though, and I do think it's going to be Arizona winning this one 28-27. I think, I think it Gosh. might come down to some sort of last-second drive or last-second, uh, you know, final defensive stand. And then the only other thing I want to point out, you got Buffalo versus Tampa on Sunday. It should also be a really good game. Highly, highly recommend watching that if you're able to because – who knows? We might see that game again later this year too, possibly. <laughs> um, well, hell nice, yeah! Thank nice. you all for hanging out with us. Sorry for the technical difficulties. If you are hearing them, that means I didn't get a chance to edit them out. But if you didn't hear them, you've made it this far, and we're here, and we're going forward full speed ahead. And this has been at Bears Birds and Brews. You can find us at Bears Birds and Brews on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. And uh, we appreciate y'all listening. We'll talk to y'all next week. See ya. Take care.